The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, leaving politics is like quitting smoking. You don't know how good it feels until you've actually done it. That's according to former government minister Jim Daly, who's been speaking to us for a two-part series of reports we're starting this morning. With a rise in the number of politicians across the world voluntarily choosing to leave the profession before the electorate sling them out, we're examining why there's something of an exodus and what kind of future politicians starting out today can expect. And joining me with those reports is News Talk's political correspondent Sean Defoe. Sean, good morning. Morning to Pat. Now we're looking at those politicians who've chosen to leave and why they are making those decisions. We're not talking about those who've been flung out by the electorate. No, which and a lot of them very regularly are, but these are ones and probably a bit of a change from the past who are voluntarily choosing to leave. It's not just in Ireland, you look internationally, Jacinda Ardern, Nicola Sturgeon, two very high profile examples and then also at home, the likes of Brenton Griffin, Joe McHugh, Michael Darcy, Owen Murphy, all deciding to leave and you'll notice they all have something in common. They're all in Fine Gael and it does seem to be a particularly Fine Gael problem, at least among TDs, which is somewhat understandable in that look, they've been in power for 12 years if you are someone who is in Fine Gael at a certain level maybe you're looking at your future can you get a ministry what is the likelihood of them being in government next time around you'd have to say unlikely all politics aside just unlikely that any party is in government for four terms in a row but there are lots of different reasons and you know in this series that we're going to do we're going to try and get into a few of them and one of those uh, former politicians who chose to leave on their own terms is the one you mentioned at the start is the former Minister Jim Daly he was the Minister for Mental Health and Older People in the last government and last time I'd seen him was before Covid and I have to say when I met up with him on Zoom he looked very different he looked very relaxed a lot more mm-hmm. chilled out and something that's kind of reflected in the chat that we had with him so a bit more on that in a moment but I did start by asking him to recap why he'd gotten out of politics he was a junior minister for mental health in the last government and some of his colleagues thought that if he'd stuck around a senior ministry was on the cards I didn't really need to see what it was like to be a senior minister. I had a larger budget at the time than some of my senior ministerial colleagues. There wasn't an awful lot to be gained from seeing much more. I felt I saw as much as I needed to. And I think it was very much, as I said to Leah Radker that night, about you know what you cannot do. And that does become apparent when you're a minister. Yeah, you have powers and you have you know things available to you and abilities. But there's a lot of restrictions and it's very uphill struggle to, to really make change. There's a very... Uh, robust system of governance there within the civil service with departments within the HSE and trying to drive change through that as a minister is a real uphill challenge so it became more and more apparent to me all the time that look this is the holy grail that I had sought I have arrived if you want for want of a better word and I've you know seen what I came to see and I think I've done as much as I can do and I potentially could do a lot more out in the, you know, back in the private sector again, or out in the real world, at least it didn't have to be the private sector. So I, I chose to be in politics. Now, there was also the backdrop of, you know, for personal reasons, I had a family, my, I always said that my and an eldest son had grown taller than me and he was two weeks old when I made the decision to go into politics. So, you know, he was 16 or 17 at this stage. And I think in the 16 years, I don't know, did I make I'd say to some total of between five children, I may have made three Christmas plays, you know, in 16 years. So, you know, it, it takes its toll. And I think the pandemic gave people pause for thought and people recognise what's more important than running and racing, trying to please everybody and be all things to all people that actually, you know, life matters and family matters and, you know, so on, not to take things for granted. So that would be my thought on it. 
So that's uh, Jim Daly and a mix of things for him um, does seem to be a lack of interest in advancement plus of course those family commitments he, he mentioned and of course he's now CEO of the Irish Hospital Association mm-hmm. so he has another gig yeah. uh, which he obviously is enjoying but um, it's, it gives us a profile really of how some politicians are thinking there's another life. Yeah, there is another life. There is more that I can maybe do. And this is something you'll get into in a minute is, is reflected in the wider work market. And those politicians who are maybe looking at where government is going to go over the next few years, because the last government was a bit unusual. It was confidence and supply and Fine Gael had all the goodies to give out. They had loads of junior ministries, loads of senior ministries. Everyone got a job. This government is different. Each party has, you know, the Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil, max of six cabinet seats and then the Greens three. And that's probably going to be the way going forward. Like you can't really see in this political landscape a way that one party is going to have that kind of dominance again. Sinn Féin, will, if they're to be the part of the next government, will probably have to coalesce and it's going to be split that way. So there are politicians who are looking at it. And, and this is, goes all the way down to the council. See, I know a council a councillor in my local area down in Wicklow who you thought of as someone who maybe would advance to be in a TD at some point and decided, actually, I can do more in the private sector. Uh, her particular focus was on, was on climate change and they were getting out quite early on. And one of those who, I suppose, epitomises that as a man you interviewed when he retired, Dennis Nocton. He's the independent TD, former Fine Gael TD, obviously for Roscommon, decided he's not quite yet 50 yet and has decided that he is going to leave politics, not stand in the next election. Election and particularly wants to get into the science background that he never really explored. He came into the doll very, very young at the age of 25 uh, and said that his, the advice and his intention was always to do about 25 years and then to try and get out and go and do, make another career uh, of his life. But I asked him, he's obviously someone particularly long time in the Dáil. He's in the top 10% of, of serving TDs in terms of length. He was the TD who had to ask and petition the Dáil to allow them to take parliamentary questions by email because when he got in you could only do it by postage to My each goodness. one uh, <laughs> by, by hand and write them in. And I just said, look, is he, uh, what is it like in the modern age compared to what it used to be? Like we've all got the phone calls on Christmas Day in relation to particular crises down through the years. And, you know, it's not a job that I think you can do for 40 or 50 years, uh, like would have been the case uh, in the past. You know, with technology now, you're there at the very instant. You know, years ago, there weren't phones. People would write letters. Like when I came in here into Leinster House, the one thing you did on a, on a Tuesday when you came in was gathered up the foot and a half of posts that had built up uh, from from the three or four days that you weren't uh, in the doll. And I didn't feel I had a good day's work done unless I had filled my bin. Uh, now, you know, you might get a foot of post a year. Uh, so the whole thing has changed. Do you think you are going to see many more... TDs, ministers doing those 30, 40 year careers Well remember the average stay of a TD in Leinster House down through the years since the foundation of the state is just less than 14 years so while the focus is a lot of the time on you know careers that have had huge longevity in Leinster House that's not the case for the vast majority of TDs. I haven't yet reached 50, uh, and yet I am in the top 10% of TDs with long service uh, in the House. I suppose what's happening now is that there's probably a bit more profile uh, in relation to some of the people that are voluntarily leaving rather than being forced out by the electorate. And look, politics is, is like an addiction. There is that adrenaline rush in relation to it. And it does make it more difficult to to leave on your own terms. 
That's uh, very, very interesting. Um, he's leaving on his own terms, but with a view to doing uh, something else. Uh, and hopefully uh, science hasn't moved on too fast mm. for him uh, to resume that uh, career. But that business of the Internet and being on 24-7, that could apply to any career. Yeah, loads and loads of jobs. And it does apply across careers. And you do see people, particularly as I, I think more and more people as they get to maybe the end of their 20s and are reevaluating their life, maybe aren't willing to work as hard as they were out of college to get established in a career yeah. sort of reevaluating as they look to start a family and, and, and whatever and it's something I put to Sinead Brady she's uh, the career psychologist on Instagram she's the author of a newly released book as well actually Total Reset How to Quit Living to Work and Start Working to Live uh, which sounds quite nice she says uh, that's exactly what everyone including politicians are doing looking for multiple careers I think this is where we're talking about career sustainability and that's something that's very important and um, people don't want to continue to work at a rate that is so fast and so quick and so pacey, let's say, that it's it, they're heading towards burnout. Um, so what they're doing instead is kind of stopping when they're at that peak or pinnacle and saying, okay, so what is sustainable for me for the remainder of my time as a worker? Um, and, and how can I actually meaningfully engage with my career while also having a life outside of work? So people are shifting so that the tempo of their work is able to match with the season of life that they're in. And I think when we look at politics in particular, I mean, um, we've had really high internationally two women kind of step back and say, you know, the pace at which this is happening, I can give it my all for so long, but I can't continue to do it um, at this pace uh, for the remainder of my career. And politics now is a different place as well. You're you're very much um, an object and you're objectified and you are in the you're in the, the tunnel of social media and again we've seen that with Leo Varadkar and many people you know their personal lives become very public very very quickly and that in itself is very very difficult to deal with. Now that's Sinead Brady uh, the author of uh, Total Reset How to Quit Living to Work and Start Working to Live. What about those politicians then Sean who have left the game do they miss it? Yeah, there's certainly some who do and go chasing that high and it's always funny on the big days, budget day, government formation day, I always get texts from former TDs who are looking for that bit of an inside track, looking to get a bit of that uh, that adrenaline kick that they mm. get. But of course, the whole the whole term isn't exactly like that. And it's something that I put to former Minister Jim Daly asking him, does he have sort of withdrawal symptoms about it? And he said uh, for him, leaving politics was like giving up smoking. I always remember the day I announced and I remember that weekend being around and just I could feel the freedom already within me. I remember being at Dunham stores and walking into this gentleman, I don't know who he was, my local Dunham stores, and he just turned around and looked at me and he said, they'll all be mad to vote, you know. And I thought it was, I thought it was so funny and so real and so it kind of summed up a lot of it, you know, you're in the middle of all this aggro trying to get votes. And all of a sudden, you know, you're leaving and, you know, people are mad. So there's a bit of that I smiled when I think of that. And, you know, I, I now walk downtown and the biggest difference I've noticed in leaving politics is uh, my kids would not go anywhere with me when I was in politics for a finish. They just refused point blank. Dad, we won't go with you. I was trying to, of course, double job. So be a parent and keep my job going. So I used to try and get them to go to and ensure clavicle tear, you know, something on that was on or the plowing match or the races or some event that was Sunday and or a festival or anything and get the kids to go with me. 
but of course you were invariably just stopping talking to everybody and you felt beholden to everybody and people felt that when they saw you coming they should take the opportunity to impress upon you whatever issue was bothering them or whatever thought they had on the news of the week or whatever need they had vis-a-vis a pothole or a medical card. So when they saw you they saw that opportunity and they didn't want to leave it past which I understand I never was tempted but my children did and so for a finish they'd go nowhere with me and I, I noticed as soon as I left politics to the point of being annoyed I can't get into the car but there's one of the kids running out where are you going that really? I'll go with you I'll go with you so that kind of puts it in the biggest change in my life post politics is that but it is lovely as well the freedom of and like I say you have to you'd have to be a former smoker to know what it's like to be a non-smoker afterwards and that freedom you'd have to wear really really tight shoes for a period of you know several hours to actually understand the relief you get when you take off those tight shoes and it's the same with politics you really have to be in it to understand what it's like to experience post-political world where you don't go around kind of saying you know you know fake y'all i don't care about you anymore it's not that sort of a feeling it's just you know what this is great life is lovely and i'm not now constantly watching everyone to see did i walk past anybody did i not say hello to somebody you know, I did, for example, like I'm very bad at people's names, really bad at people's names and faces. I'm kind of brutal. I was so good at people's names when I was in politics and so good at people's faces. I was just superb because I had to be. And that side of my brain seems to have gone completely into reverse drive. And I know I think a lot of people locally, if they're listening, please excuse me. They think I'd be great at snap going, but I genuinely just don't know people anymore because it's not part of what I have to do. Uh, former Minister of Mental Health Jim Daly rounding out that report from Sean Defoe extraordinary stuff Sean can't remember people's names anymore it's <laughs> mad how the brain sort of switches off <laughs> isn't it absolutely like, anyway you'll be back with us uh, tomorrow you'll be talking to some first time TDs yeah that's right I want to get their sense on where their careers are going and if they see like the older TDs themselves getting out a bit earlier than they might otherwise is that 40, 50 year dull career gone All right, and uh, that extended interview of your chat with former Minister Jim Daly is on your podcast, Let Me Explain, which is available now on the News Talk app powered by GoLoud. Sean Defoe, uh, thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.